Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talkin' BS. My name is Van Santos, and as always, I'm joined by my old pal, Corey Bell. The time has finally come. We were able to salvage the episode that we recorded on election night, and here it is. Corey is obviously beyond passionate about politics, and we had a fun discussion on election night. I played the role of the ill-informed voter. I asked him some simple questions and some more complex questions. I basically just wound him up and let him go. We hope that you enjoy our episode on politics. As a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Talkin' underscore B underscore S, and you can find us on all major podcasting platforms, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. You are now listening to Episode 7 on Politics. This is Talkin' BS. Here we are. In Election week. state and city in the United States. Yep. And D.C. D.C. counts. It's a place. All of the places under the control of the United States government. Does Guam count? I don't think Guam counts. I don't know anything about that. That's, that's too far into it? All right, we won't go that far into it. My research, it <laughs> my research didn't take me down Guam. I didn't go. I went hard. I just didn't go Guam. I don't know. Didn't go Guam hard. Didn't go Guam hard. All right. So talking BS, Corey and Van, here we are uh, on Tuesday, November 3rd. Is it the, th- it is. It is. It is. Trace. Wow. We are here. Yeah. I don't know anything about politics. That's a lie. I know some things. Corey obviously knows more and is much more interested than I am. So I'm going to let you explain, <laughs> explain to me where your interest comes from and kind of what you intend to do or what you would like to, what are your goals in politics? Sure. Well, I'm going to come out the, I'm going to come out first and just say, I'm calling total BS. You just don't like to share all of your knowledge with politics. I think that's the real thing. Uh, but no, uh, I appreciate the question. Um, it, it, it's a good one. And it's one that, you know, I've been asked a couple of different times because I have spoken, you know, on the pod a couple of times, kind of beat around the bush a little bit, nothing too specific. Uh, but, you know, to, to close family, friends, um, new acquaintances even uh, will know that I do want to look to run for elected office, um, looking, you know, either at the uh, local, state or federal levels. You know, maybe try to progress up all three. Who knows? We'll just kind of see, you know, which which way the wind blows from uh, from that perspective. It's something that I really got into when I was in the Navy. I, uh, I've always been able to s- simplify things, uh, especially things that are maybe a little bit more complicated to uh, to a lot of people and 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 lead. All in all honesty, um, I actually wrote a book on leadership uh, when I got out of the Navy. I uh, never published it, never did anything with it. It was just something for me that I wanted to do to try to get uh, down some thoughts. Uh, so it was something I really enjoyed doing without sounding, you know, I guess uh, too narcissistic. I, I think I've been blessed with a, a certain amount of abilities and skills and characteristics that would allow me to get into a political arena, uh, make a difference, argue and represent people. You know, I've had a lot of different uh, people and and things come across my life, you know, my, my little brother um, being one of the main ones uh, who has, you know, 
got a lot of mental issues and have had never anybody be able to represent. I don't think that the state of Alabama specifically does a lot for mental illness. And I think that there's a lot of things that we could do better you, uh, specifically can you, there. Can you explain that a little bit more? When you say mental issues, it's kind of kind of broad. Um, I mean, he's mentally re- he's he's mentally retarded. He's got the brain of about a six year old. He is how old is Spencer? He's twenty two, twenty three. He's about to turn twenty three, and uh, he's yeah, he's he's never going to have a, a brain that really kind of goes past about a six year old level. It's tough at times. Hard. It's taught me a lot of patience, you know, kind of growing up with that. You know, me and my other brother Cody, we uh, you know we've always been pretty gifted intellectually and can kind of get through and move along pretty quick. You know, we pick stuff up pretty well and I've never really had to try too much when it came to uh, academia, or at least I know I didn't. Uh, Cody definitely tried a lot harder than I did. Uh, so I do want to, you know, give him credit for that. Uh, I, you know. Can attest to that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, um, no, you can't. I mean, listen, I was always at your house goofing around because we never had to do anything. And then you'd yell at me to go study and I wouldn't do it. I'd go play basketball while you stayed in the house and studied. Yeah, I remember I remember when I met Spencer for the first time. I, I was, I mean, we were pretty young. It was early on in our friendship. So early, early teens. Yeah, he'd have been five, I yeah, think. As a kid, you don't know how to like handle that. I'm sure you learned how to cope with that or, or work through that or, or just be within the family, but like seeing someone else's, someone else's family. I remember that was kind of difficult. So I just tried to try to relate in any way I could. I remember your mom or maybe you pushing music a little bit, not pushing, but just you guys recognized that he was very musical at some point. He like yep. got rhythm and like maybe melody or something. I think it was more rhythm, but I remember uh, he played drums or something at some point. Mm-hmm. That, that was a thing that I did. Or not, I didn't play drums, but I was just musical. And I remember um, you guys talking about that and me coming over there and he had like a new drum set or something early on. And like, that's how I connected with him. Cause I was like, this is a thing that we can get together. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's a, cha- it's a challenge. It's a, it's a, li- it's a life, lifelong challenge. So. Um, it is, it is. Yeah. Um, no, he's still, still very musical, still loves that kind of stuff, uh, to the extent also, few weeks. I don't know if this is appropriate. Yeah. He did add me on Facebook like three days ago. I don't know if that's a did thing. He really? Is that a thing? That's funny. Facebook now? Okay. Oh yeah. He has Facebook, dude. He's, oh, no. he's like all into like social media, YouTube right? and Facebook, like loves it. Yeah. Social media, right? Callback. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he likes to get on YouTube now and watch those people who like to play video games and like live stream. Yeah. He, like, he likes to watch that. Like he, he's nice. all into, he loves video games, like rock band and stuff. So like one of his favorite things. So he actually came and stayed with us maybe six weeks or so ago, came and stayed yeah. with us for a couple of weeks. And uh, just kind of just tells you a little bit more about him and where he's at. He loves Green Day, the band, right? Hey, Love it. Who, who's what's the uh, what's the lead, Billy Joe? What's Billy Joe? Whoever. Yeah, him. Oh, yeah. So back in the day, I guess he used to have uh, blue hair, or at least for the all, something. Actually, all of the colors, but yes. Okay. Might have been blue at one point. I mean, uh, for, I would for assume it was reason. blue at some point. I'm sure it was, but Spencer fixated on the blue hair. All right. And so he was convinced that he wanted to dye his hair blue. Um, yeah. So Katie being the nice, kind, generous soul that she is, did it and, uh, didn't do it like permanent dye, like bleach it and all that kind of stuff to make it like blue, blue. Right. There's some kind of, you know, like that just kind of Halloween spray almost. Right. And, uh, he, he loved it for the first like 
hour and then immediately hated it because like blue would just steep down his face and like all like he hated it. So my mom did thank us for that to get him out of that, you know, kind of a phase in his it mind. Crushed the phase real fast. It and, did. It you did. know, it, sometimes, you know, it's like I try something and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a good idea. And then I'm, I'm like, I immediately regret this decision. I immediately regret it. So milk was a bad choice. Milk was a bad choice. But uh, he, so he's hot. also <laughs> so the last case of emotion. So he started, uh, he no. starts every year about summertime and he'll start making his Christmas list. All right. And I'm talking like he, he writes and rewrites the story. So do I. So do five I. times a day. <laughs> and uh, so what we got him, especially after this last uh, visit, is Kate found uh, a full Green Day something, but it's signed by everybody. So oh, we're getting it framed and getting that hey. over to him. Yeah, he's, we're, we're excited to kind of get that. Man, he loves it. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, he's somebody, right, that's never going to be able to express his views, he's always going to have to have somebody look out for him, right? So he's, he's going to live with my parents uh, until, you know, they're, they may no longer be here. Or, you know, unfortunately, part of uh, his condition, you know, we don't know how long Spencer's going to be here, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, if, if something were to happen to, uh, to my parents, he'd come stay with us and, and we'd right. get to be entertained, uh, you know, from night to day uh, <laughs> with him. Uh, but it would be it would be a good time. And so it's it's people like that. It's people that, you know, I met when I was in the Navy that were very opinionated, but never knew how to express that opinion and actually take action upon that opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've always kind of been that guy that if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And even if I have no clue how to, I'll figure it out. And, you know, I'll, I'll go in and attack and, and do whatever it takes. But I'm also someone that's just, just a little tired of our democratic system to be just blunt about it. I'm, I'm a little tired with it. Um, and I don't think we're ever going to get any change just by saying we're tired with it and sitting on the sideline. Right. right. You know, one of my, one of my favorite kind of expressions is a wave, you know, starts with a ripple. So you got to You got to get in there and at least be the ripple. When we were preparing for this episode, I asked you as a proposed question and I will do it now. I think I just got the answer, but what would you say to those people? Because I think there's a strong, amount of people out there prior to maybe this election, which we'll talk to you soon, but uh, a lot of people thought to themselves, well, my vote doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what I do. I have, I've had very lengthy conversations with many friends, old, young, and they feel like, uh, you know, what, whatever they do doesn't matter. They can post all this stuff. They could be silent. They could go vote. They could not vote. And the same result is going to happen. So what would you say to them? Which I guess, you know, your ripple answer is there, but any other thoughts there? Oh, plenty. Um, you know, I think, I think it's unfortunate just to kind of start. That's a lot of people believe that, you know, a lot of people believe that, you know, their vote doesn't matter. It's just one vote. Why, why, why should I waste my time? You know, first off, I think election day, like today, needs to be a national holiday so people aren't trying to worry about work, right? I think that's that's one thing that really kind of hurts people and trying to be able to actually get out is just, you know, what am I sacrificing? Some people don't have the ability to sacrifice even a day or a few hours worth of pay because of the way that, uh, you know, our, our minimum wage is set up and everything else. You know, I can go into a multitude of topics with it, but I right. do think that that's, that's definitely a start, you know, and then you, every vote matters. If you look back, look back, I mean, Let's go back to the, the, one of the greatest elections of all time, uh, and not because of who won, but because of how it resulted with the Supreme Court deciding it, right? When you go back to Gordon Bush, 
that came down to less or just over 500 votes in the state of Florida. I think it's like 534 to be exact, but like is the, 500 this is the votes. Recount, this is the recount year. This is, this is the recount, the hanging chads, Infinite. all of that fun stuff. Right. But yeah. that came down to the entire election, 500 votes. It's, it's crazy. So if you want to say that your one vote doesn't matter, you know, I'm sorry, but it definitely does. And it's not only your vote for the top job for the president, but there are stuff going on up and down those ballots that you need to pay attention to that you have influence in, especially on your local level, right? Your, your local level and how you live in Nashville or Asheville or wherever it is you may be that may be listening here. Apparently there's people out in the Philippines check us out. Let's go. Um, you know, so it, it matters. It matters have, uh, you know, up and down the ballot. According to the interwebs, uh, there, there is a, there's a 1% uh, a Russian uh, listener. I, I mean, I, this is 1%, so I would assume only one person. Maybe. So he's the one percenter that everybody's always talking about. Or she, or she. Oh, or she, okay. They allow both genders to listen to, uh, you know, apparently there's a person that's listened to at least 10 seconds of one of our podcasts. So I'll take it. There you go. I'll take it. The, you know, the other thing I would say about voting is you can almost do it to be vindictive too, right? I mean, you know, let's have fun with it. If you, if you really just want to throw caution to the wind, you know, I, I've got some neighbors who definitely disagree with some of my opinions and some of my beliefs. And, you know, getting to cancel out one for one on their vote kind of makes me a little happy. I mean, you know, it brings me a little bit of joy. So, you know, so you can always go about it that way, too. I did vote this morning uh, at around 8 a.m. in uh, Central Standard Time, Nashville, Tennessee. I brought in, I don't know how your experience was. Did you early vote? I early voted the first day North Carolina opened. I was there and uh, similar experience to you. You know, we talked this morning. Yeah. I mean, basically no wait. I uh, I tried to early vote multiple times there. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about 11 a.m. We're talking about uh, 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to go multiple times a day, 9 a.m. There were lines around the block. I, I've seen a couple couple articles in Tennessee about how early voting was like super just far up based on like a year over year or whatnot. Uh, I don't have any numbers here, but I got, oh, I do. And I'd love to talk about it. Okay. We're going to get there in a second. I got in there today and I was, I brought in my Bluetooth headphones. I was totally expecting to get there a line down the block, listening to a podcast or listening to sports radio or like calling you or just doing whatever. I, I fully brought in all my stuff to be comfortable. I wore like, I brought like a jacket, like in case I like cold outside, I had all of this stuff prepped to wait for a long time. It took me like four and a half minutes to get in and get out. I walked in the door. It was like, show me your ID. Boom. Fill it out. Boom. Here's a little straw because that's the height of the technology that we have to choose <laughs> who the presidential candidate is, but don't touch that screen. So here's a straw, a literal coffee straw. I can drink coffee with it, and I can also choose the next president of the United States. So next time you think that your coffee straw is not worth anything, think again because it's like choose. your vote. It's important because <laughs> it could choose the next president of the United States. So I used that coffee straw, made my choice. I was out in four and a half minutes. Shocking! I was shocked. That is fantastic. Yeah, I remember you, you called me on the way over yeah. saying you were going, and then you text me 10 minutes later, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> We've already voted. 
my experience was uh, was pretty similar. I didn't get a straw though. Uh, we did, we didn't have the touchscreen fanciness. We had to you know bubble form it up. I do have my pen. They I gave me pens. Yes. Uh, so I've got I've got my I voted pen instead of an I voted sticker. Yeah. Uh, that, that that they gave us this well, time. I got a sticker and a pen, but I was given a pen and I was told sign on this line, and you can keep the pen because COVID goes through pens. So apparently. COVID goes through pens. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing, but apparently it is. So, uh, goes through everything. So I got, uh, but no. pen and it's, uh, it's now in the backseat of my car, uh, just sitting back there by itself. Uh, just staying warm, but it's <laughs> going to be a little cold tonight, but yes, it's just uh, comforting my backseat currently and in, in my car and, uh, can't lose the, I voted pen. Sticker. You could pick the next president. It, I wore it all day. And then the wind. Won. Oh, see, I didn't get a sticker. I wanted a sticker. I got a sticker, and mine was in the my state of the state of Tennessee. So I felt I felt pretty good about that as well. All right. So, uh, but going going back to the voting thing, real quick though, because yeah. this is this is where I think I want to spend a good amount of time. You know, we talked a little bit about the, the early vote. Over 100 million votes were cast absentee, mail in. You know, early whatever. All right. If we're gonna uh, if we're gonna quote Tombstone, is that a fact? Uh, that's a fact. It was actually a little over 101 million. So what's actually equated to nearly 40% of the entire 2016 voting. Uh, uh, actually, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's, that's incorrect. Give me that one more time. Of the, 40% of the voting age populace voted early in this election. Rough guesstimate. 40%. You didn't see if, 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 you see, if you know this stat, you do. If not, I'm just curious. What would you guess generally the voting populist percentage who votes in presidential elections are, you know, what do you think? You know, 50%, 60, 75, 80%. What percent do you think? Lawyerly response. Not enough. No, not enough is the correct answer. Not even lawyerly, but not enough. Uh, Of the voting populace who votes early. Is that the question? No, no, just in general voting in in presidential elections. uh, Oh man. I know I've seen this in some article recently, but very low. I would assume like 15%, maybe 25, 15 to 25%. It's so it's a little higher than that. Right. But, uh, it's ever recorded. I was, it's better, right? I was being negative. My bad. (laughs) What is it? We needed about 50 million more votes today to get to about 56, 57% of the entire voting populace to be able to, to vote. Generally we're looking around 52, 53, 55, right around in there percentage wise. You're telling me, 50% 50% of the population is determining the president of the United States. Roughly, no, 50% of the voting age populace. Okay. Right, because you got to be 18 or older. Yeah, no, no, I got, okay. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's three, 330 million people are the population of the U.S., right? And, when you reduce uh, that dex to... a silly know. question that I know the answer to, but I just want to confirm for the listeners. There's no end date. You don't have, there's no, like cut off for like you're too old to vote i know that i know that's no, there is not that's a great question i know that sounds silly but there no it's a great question because guess what even if you're old and senile you can vote if you are an idiot and a complete and total disgrace to humanity you can vote that's and, and you should you should that exercise it i don't care if you ride in mickey mouse every four years who has gotten quite a bit of votes by the way hey i know i'm for it exercise you're right you had to click I don't know how it was for you. For Tennessee, you had to go through all of the candidates before you chose. So little guy down there, K-A-N-Y-E, 
was on the ballot. And it was just crazy to actually see his name down there. Uh, I did, he had a running mate who I didn't even, I mean, I didn't do any research there on There is no talent. Because who knows and who cares at this point, to be honest, like, was it for real? That's Kanye. I don't know if you guys know how to spell out there in the Yeezy. podcast land. Yes, I had to scroll all the way down and he was the last one. I was shocked at how many independents were on this ballot, believe it or not. I saw the, you know, it popped up. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not legally, but, you know, whatever. First two, obvious, obvious. Aren't you the lawyer? <laughs> not yet. First two are obvious. And then I had to scroll down three screens, I think. I think there wow. were like six independents if six or four, four or six. I don't know. I don't know how many there was. But get down to the very bottom, and there's one screen all by themselves, Kanye and somebody. You know what's really funny about Kanye? Just kind of randomly, I, I happened to read this, and I, di- I didn't really go in-depth into it just because that's obviously a – huge joke but yes. he uh he wrote in himself because he did not get on the ballot in wyoming which is where he cast his vote why so i don't quite i i, I don't get wyoming but uh, yeah sorry well, that's continue bizarre. just wanted to throw that random kanye out there that's absolutely bizarre yeah today is election day let's back up a little bit so you're good can, can we can we go back into just the voting experience I mean, so you, you walked yeah, in, sure. right? The first thing you said, walk in, show your ID. Correct. So I'd, I'd love to kind of talk about that. You know, we talked about the fact that complete and total idiots can get out there and, and actually cast a vote, right? Correct. But and generally, in most states, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but you have to have a picture ID to do so. Good point. Very good right? point. Do you believe, and, it, and that's any type of voter suppression, Do you think that of the, you know, we've had a hundred million people vote. Mm. We've, you know, we're only going to get to probably 60% of the voting populace able to vote. How many more of those could vote if they just had ID or had an easier way to cast their vote and participate in democracy? God, that's such a tough one. I'm, I'm, you know, we are both very privileged in that we're not, I wouldn't say either one of us is overly wealthy. Um, but we're definitely, definitely not, you know, impoverished in any way. Uh, we're able to <laughs> buy your microphone and set up a podcast. It's not funny, but um, you do have to think about those that are unable to. Right. I know it sounds, sounds crazy. Because, I mean, it doesn't sound crazy, but for the majority of the population in the United States, you can go get, a photo ID, you can go make that happen. But for the impoverished, it's difficult to take off work. You know, I mean, it sounds crazy, but think about how difficult it is to go register for a driver's license. Like when you're 16, um, think about an older adult going to the DMV and waiting in line for eight hours to go get their photo taken. It's hard. There's also elderly folks that their passport or their photo ID or their driver's license or whatever they have has expired and they don't drive. They, they have someone else that drives for them and they don't uh, have any need for a passport, driver's license, any sort of ID. They don't have any need for it. So if they don't have that, then they're, are they not allowed to vote apparently? But that's again, it's an, it's, it's an, it depends. I mean, it, it, oh, I think it, I, th- I don't think it's, I think oh. it's definitely voter suppression. 
I just moved from Texas uh, over to the Carolinas, right? So I have a, a little bit more information. I, I was able to volunteer for Beto's run for Senate out there uh, when, when he was running uh, against Ted Cruz and got to be a little bit more involved with a few different things. But just, just in Texas, for example, where they have one of the strictest ID laws in the country, you know, African-Americans are actually two times less likely to have a picture ID to be able to vote. Latinos, which it's Texas, it's basically Mexico. Like, I, that may sound a little bad, but go, hey, let's, go ahead. Go ahead. It, yeah. it basically is. They're 2.42 times like, less likely to have picture ID. You know, in my mind, that you are definitely suppressing the vote. You're definitely suppressing those who are generally a little bit more poor, a little bit more impoverished, who have to work those, you know, multiple shifts, multiple jobs, whatever it might take to get food on the table for their family. And you're taking away their right in my mind. So I, I don't think it, so that that all those facts, I feel like are supportive of your point of this should be a national holiday. In exactly. Which, in which people should have no reservations or no, there should be no pressure to not show up and do this. That, that would be but, my, uh, yeah, flip, I think, I think it should be a national holiday. Flip, flip side. Do you, um, in Texas in particular, where there is a higher number of illegal aliens, which that is, mm -hmm. those are just numbers, that is what it is. Do you think that that should affect the election? The whole idea is that if you're a United States citizen, you get a vote in the election. That is that is a civil right. It's a civil, civil liberty that you have to go vote. Um, what do you think about people that are maybe here in the short term or maybe here illegally or any of the above in general? No, it's a great question. It's a great question, but I think it's a great question because it's actually twofold. And I don't know if you intended it to be, but it is. So one, you just look straight, you know, can anyone who is a non-citizen actually be able to vote? And no, I, I don't think, I think you do need to be an American citizen to be able to vote. You know, I, I do think it's our democracy. It's our country. You should be a part of it if you're going to be able to vote. Now, I have no problem with, with, with immigrants. And, and I think there is a I think there's a lot larger of an issue there with our immigration uh, policy and, and the way that we perform and, and go through immigrations and, and our passports, another, green cards. That is a complete other topic. And I will- Complete other yeah, podcast, which check mark. Will we'll do. Um, but I think the bigger question behind your question there is actually going into how the elections work. Okay. So even if we don't have- you know, we have illegal immigration, illegal aliens in, in the state of Texas, really in, in Florida, you know, California. You look at some of the big major states that actually carry a lot of weight when it comes to the Electoral College. When we're trying to get to that 270 number to elect a president, that's where we're going to have more uh, of a larger, broader based conversation. Because should those people count towards the populace uh, when we do the census to determine the number of, uh, you know, electoral representatives that you get per state, right? For those of you who may not know, that's actually how the Electoral College works, right? That's why your census that we just did this past year is so, so important for a multitude of reasons, but specifically to this, because that determines how many points or how many electoral representatives, you know, you get to cast for your state. You know, I think you know, that's why what Indiana, I think, has been one of the states that's getting called tonight, and it's 11 electoral votes thus far. All right, and that's based purely on the, the population for the state of Indiana, right? I think Florida's what, 29, whatever it is, Texas is 38, you know, so as we are continuing to go uh, and look state by state, that populace and that population definitely, definitely matters, right? So I think what, 
the second part of your question is almost, do these illegal aliens need to count towards the population if they're there during the census? That, we can split hairs over that, and I think a lot of people could and would. If they're there and they're awaiting trial, they're going to be there for a while, yeah, count them. They're here, they're on our soil, they deserve to be counted, they deserve to be represented. Now, do they get a vote? Probably not, but should they be represented? Yes. Same for Puerto Rico, Guam, you know, we made that joke to start it off, but, you know, there they are territories, but what is it, what happens to their vote? Nothing. They deserve to be represented too. Same way DC should be a state. Same way. I mean, it all, in my mind, it all wraps around the same, same axle. It, it's, it's voter suppression. There's a lot of different ways to look at voter suppression. And in my mind, the entire system of the electoral college is another giant form of voter suppression. Because explain to me how it's right that in six of the last seven elections, Democrats have actually won the popular vote, yet here we are. There was a recent Supreme Court case where the Supreme Court basically stated that the Electoral College has to or is required to follow the popular vote, which if the audience didn't know that prior to, they didn't have to do that before, which is a... a crazy thing, like, you know, you would assume that the Electoral College would have to follow the, the popular vote, which is the, the, pop, the, the vote of the population, all the, what we just voted on today. You would assume that they have to follow what we decide. Like, that's, that's what democracy is. So That's what you would think, but that's not the election. The idea of democracy is what? Government by and for the people. By and for the people. So the idea being the majority rules right you hear that you would think rules right but i'm at the very base the very base of it the idea is that the majority rules so majority of the population dictates what happens for everyone right you would think you would think i mean so you know i i, I rattled this off a little earlier but, but we can, out of the last seven we can uh, agree presidential on that, right? that, we that, can agree that, on that that's where the intent started that was i where, would I would concur. That was where the intent started. The idea was that people vote, individual citizens vote, and the government follows what the majority of the general population wants. That was the idea. From old England, the government was running too much of what was going on. So the idea was that the general populace would get a vote and they would decide what actually happened to their lives. That's a what's lot, a little crazy. A lot has changed in 250 years, right? Mm-hmm. Math is hard, but it's about that. <laughs> it's, it's been about that. You know, I'm thinking 1776. That sounds like a, a number that rings a bell in the head. Hey, is it a Liberty Bell, baby? Yeah, I think I saw it on a quarter once. Um, <laughs> too far too far there was also a bell pun in there because your last yeah well i do i do ring with liberty i bring all freedom right, so so, so that life okay all right getting serious we're not gonna get serious this whole time a lot has changed in 200 and some odd years right so that was the intent but where are we now uh i think what we did the founding fathers were kind of setting that up is we did look a little bit and borrow too much from england when it came to how our democracy and how the voting system actually worked, right? So not to go into the whole three-fifths of a person, and I won't do that, but how we are now, it kind of yet stems back from how it developed, all right? Uh, You know, once you go into Hamilton versus Jefferson and splitting into two parties and how that really kind of started getting 
going, we kind of got put into this scenario where, yeah, you would think winner takes all. That's that, that, that would be the generic concept uh, of winner takes all, a majority rule, right? But that is not how the electoral college is set up. That's not how the actual election works. It's really more of a plurality. Okay. And, and to kind of break this down and how that works, you know, so you have five people who are running, you know, in a, in a primary election, whatever it might be. It's not necessarily that person who gets 51% of the vote. It's that person who gets more than anybody else. So they could only get, you know, 40% of the vote, but if that's more than the other four people combined, they win. So you could be elected without ever actually being nominated or, or voted on by the majority of the people. By the majority of the population. So Let's let's throw back some numbers. Uh, my mother is a math teacher, has been for uh, quite a little while. Not a, not. Let's back up. Not a quite a while. She's not old. Ah, I'm digging myself into a hole. She's um, gonna listen to this, and I'm gonna love it. <laughs> she doesn't even know this exists. So I'm telling her. Uh, I thought about it today. Um, all right, so hundred people, five candidates. Okay, so what you're telling me is if a candidate was to win by majority, they would need 51% of the vote. That, that is how majority works. Yes, sir. Numbers, majority, boom. It's undisputed, it's undisputed at that point, right? Now, a plurality. Let's say that there's five candidates and there's 100 votes out there. Let's say 20 and 20 and 20 and 20 vote for the same candidate. And there's only 20 left. Nobody has the, the plurality. So nobody wins. But let's say 20, 20, 20, and 19, 21. And then somebody with 21% votes for this one person. They win. So they win. Literally only 21% of the population has to vote for someone to get a plurality in that particular scenario. So actually, it's not just that particular scenario. That particular scenario played out in the 2016 GOP primary. So there were a lot of people Ooh, who gross. wanted to continue. Yeah, oh, it is. No, just wait. It it's gets not, better. It's not funny, but keep going. It gets better. So a lot of people, right, when Trump decided he was going to run for president, all came out with their different degrees of either this is ridiculous or they accepted it. And for those of you who accepted it, that's perfectly fine. You were uh, definitely entitled to your opinion. I respect it. I do Shine, not try baby. to degrade Get on that. Hold Time on. for Pause. a shot. Everybody do a shot. This is a new drinking game. It's a new drinking game on Talking BS when Corey's grandfather clock, which he assembled himself, refer back to episode two. Was it two? I don't remember. It might have been one. Corey assembled this thing with his bare hands. His bare Man hands. I don't have bare hands. His bare bell hands. We're going to drink. We're going to take a shot every time that thing chimes and it's time anything over 40 minutes. It's going to happen at least once a pod. So at least once every right. 30 minutes, that thing goes off. Here's a social. Here's a social to the chime. The chime. To the chime. I'm out of bourbon. <sighs> All right. It's electric. That's, that's a problem. We're just getting started. All right. Um, Oh, okay. So anyway, 2016 election. Got sidetracked. Go ahead. I'm here. I'm here. I'm still good. I'm, I'm still... Plurality. You know, so, so, Boom. Plurality. 2016 election, you know, we're talking about this and, and whether or not you agreed, disagreed on the Republican side with Trump. Okay. So out of... Trump got under 14 million votes during the entire primary. If you add up all of them, under 14 million votes. Uh, that's actually less than a majority to elect him as the Republican nominee. 
he actually got only 5.5% of all eligible uh, votes, uh, voters when the 2016 election. So majority of Republicans actually didn't vote for him. They didn't like him. But because of the way our founding fathers kind of set this up, even though they went out and spoke out against party politics later, uh, they still set us up with the two-party system whether they elected or not. And because of that and because of the divisiveness of most of the nation and us being unable to just take a step back and try to identify with the values of somebody on either side, no matter red, blue, yellow, green, whatever, you know, we, we, we stuck to our man, right? If you were a Republican, you didn't care. You, you voted Trump and you just sucked it up and that's the way you went, even though you probably didn't vote for him in the primary. I mean, that, that to me surely shows how the system is broken. That is coming to one of the core questions that we were asking each other coming up to this pod was, so we got two political systems. Like Michael Scott asked, Corey, give me an explanation like I'm eight years old of the two-party system. So the two-party system. All right. So it started with George Washington, you're right? Uh, so he was elected from our first Congress and, and from the people and the way that he ended up becoming the president, right? So there really wasn't much of a two-party system when that began. Now, this guy named Hamilton, he was kind of a D-back. Was he, he a was really smart D-back. You know, Lin, Lin, you know, if you, if you, Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda, you know, he could, he kind of, he can, he can throw it down a little bit. He can Don't give you a lyric. I haven't seen Hamilton. I need to, I'm sorry. I'm the worst. I'm the absolute. It's on Disney plus man. I know, and I've got Disney plus I'm, I'm too big <sighs> for the Mandalorian season two. Go ahead. Keep going. No spoilers. But anyway, him, him and this guy, you know, you may have heard of him, Thomas Jefferson. They didn't really see eye to eye, both kind of Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> They kind of they, they 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 didn't see eye to eye. So Thomas Jefferson ended up leaving uh, George Washington's cabinet. He was the Secretary of State at the time to run for the presidential election that was coming up. Uh, long story short, he kind of ended up making up the uh, the Democratic Republicans at the time was another name of the party. The Federalists were the originals, and uh, now we have Democrats and Republicans. So you can kind of see how that kind of adopts from one of the same. Uh, and, and really, people became their own factions and followed those leaders of those different parties and slowly but surely started hating the other party, really for no reason other than, you know, you don't like my guy, so I don't like yours. That's kind of very basic two-party system. Very basic. Now, I think it, an eight-year-old could follow Explain that. it to me like I'm five. No, I'm, I'm joking. All right, so we got, we got a two-party system. Though I would like to throw out there that yeah, uh, recent, recent polling in the last – this, this may be about five or six years old, to be honest with okay. you. But uh, so it's, it's somewhat recent, but they said it, it was about 58% of Americans agreed that there needs to be a third party. So, so the majority of people do think there should be a third party. If there is someone out there that will actually fact check us, if someone is listening right now and you know your name, we don't, we don't know your name. We don't know who you are, but if you want to fact check us, we would love to hear from you. Drop a reply, get in the DMs, let us know what's up because you could be a great resource to the pod. If you're at this point with us, if you've gone this deep down the rabbit hole, if you're spinning the top down the inception hole, you know what I'm talking about. Are we in one dream or two or seven? We don't know. Nobody knows. But if you're this far with us, we want to hear from you. Corey, bring me back to life. Where are we at? We're, well, we're, we're, at a two we're talking about the party system. We're at a two-party here, system. People, but are, are we? You're telling me that people want more than the two-party system. 
people do want more. And I can show you that very vividly to your eight-year-old self. You're talking about so, the, pe- the people? I'm talking about the people. Let's talk about what the people want. Let's look no further than AOC, right? I mean, she, she and Bernie, right? That faction of what is the Democratic Party identify as Democratic Socialists, right? You know, Bernie just comes out straight up and says he's a socialist. So though that's a registered, you know, independent or really under the Democratic tent, as a lot of people have said in the past, you know, that, that shows you that there is a faction between more moderate and more progressive, just, just looking at the Democratic side of things. Gotcha. Flip that. Flip that. Just looking at the Republican side of things. How long ago was it the Tea Party became the big deal, right? You know, Sarah Palin and all them, those crazies coming out of the woodwork. 2008. 2008. I feel like that was a big deal. Maybe. So, I mean, it's, it's still around. I was a kid. Right? I mean, you look at neo-Nazis, you look at, you know, all those craziness that is, that is part of the Republican tent. Whether you want to accept it or not, that's the way they lean in. I mean, you know, look at, look at the Proud Boys comment coming out from the president during the uh, debate. Right? So, I mean, like, it, it is there for a reason. Whether or not he endorses it, I'm not going, you know, I'm, I won't have that debate right now. But it's recognized that that's the side of a two-party system that they, that they agree with. Now, I, do I think that's right? No, I don't. But both sides are, are factioned. You've dove much deeper into this topic than I have, obviously, through your life. And you're, you're more- <laughs> That's my master's. You're, I mean, you're, I, that's, yes, you know. yes. You're, you're quite literally educated in this. You're more passionate about it. And like, this is your thing. So I'm going to back up and ask some uh, silly questions. But like, okay- Eight, way off topic, kind of, but 18, uh, I remember being 18 and being like, okay, dad, what did you, who did you vote for? Who should I vote for? And so I mean, quite literally voted right down whatever the hell my dad told me to vote for, because I was like, I don't know, I'm trying to go out here and go into college for the first time. I don't know anything about anything. I'm very lost. I know that it sounds like an open-ended question, but like, do you feel like 18 is good age? I mean, I know maturity is different. We talked about this and we've, we have talked about this, yep. in the past, but I mean, do you feel like there's some, uh, some immature voting that's going on at yes. this point? I, I, I mean, I do. I feel like there absolutely is, but go ahead. No, I do hundred percent think there is. Right. But I also think that that's part of the learning system, right? You know, we talked about, uh, in our masculinity episode, you know, how, how do you know when you become a man? Right. How do you know when you become an educated voter? Yeah. I think I think it kind of goes along the same boundary. When you're 18, you may have a different experience than than I did. You know, I when I was 18, well, 19, I was in the Navy. Right. Yeah. I had to have a different experience growing up a lot faster. I had to get exposed to different things from just going to college uh, and, and, and going that route. Everyone has different experiences and different realities. You know, people that I served with and then people in different branches, you know, they, they can die at 18. So, you know, they need to be able to have that right to vote for whoever the hell that might be sending them to go die. Very, very true. Very, very true. Um, They're also like, let's think about it. You and I at 18, not very mature. There were definitely some 18 year olds that would run laps around us and they knew everything there was about politics, but that's, that's the other thing, right? So one of the groups that's definitely leading in those factions, (laughs) one of the groups that's leading in those factions, especially from the democratic side, those 18 to 29 year olds definitely lean that more social democratic 
type of mindset. Now, will that evolve? Will that change? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I can tell you that, you know, there's probably a middle ground that'll kind of come back to a little bit more moderate as opposed to how progressive that it really is once you kind of get a little bit more life experience, try to realize a little bit more fiducial responsibility. That's the way that I like to think about it, right? If, I, if I'm trying to identify myself, I am a registered Democrat, but I like to think that I am more financially conservative, right? More socially liberal. That's, that's kind of the way that I like to, to think about it. I'm definitely probably more of a moderate when it comes to that type of view. I, you know, I don't necessarily uh, believe in, in, in socialism and going down that, that rabbit hole. But I also don't believe that a lot of people who may be listening or a lot of people that might be in the world even know what socialism technically is, you hear that as a hot button topic and you just say, oh, no, that's bad. But right. you don't even know what it is. Okay. So I'm going to bring us back to the center. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to bring us, I'm going to bring us back to the center to divide us on the left. Mm. So mm. here's my question. I have a lot of conversations and I'm, I'm going to check this. I've, I've really, I know this sounds crazy prior to going to law school. I really avoided politics because it seemed like, something that was just trouble. I know that sounds a very simplistic view, but I avoided politics because it seemed very troublesome. Like this was something that was going to make people hate me or make people disagree with me, or it was a very unagreeable thing to talk about. Fast forward to today, I've gone to law school. Obviously you can't go into the law and not deal with politics in some way, shape or form. One of the things that I get a lot of the time is people that believe certain things that don't agree with party lines. So I've got people that would would agree. I know I know friends that or acquaintances that would agree with a lot of the Republican party lines, but shocker, they smoke weed every day. That's just a that's just an example. Smoke weed I'm every day. Talking, I'm not talking about an individual person that I know. Maybe I am. It's not me. But <laughs> flip side, Democrats, I've got people that are clearly Democratic across the line, but man, they love their guns. They want their gun. Yeah. That is a traditional Republican thing. So uh, how do you how do you deal with that two party system and, and is there a way that you can uh, justify a political system in which you can also have a couple of other views on things that are not along your party lines. Go. Thank you for asking such a great question. So, yes. I mean, like, listen, you know, I, I, I was a, uh, a marksman. I was a sharpshooter. I I got excellent on all of my pistols and rifles and shotguns and you name it, I could shoot it. And, uh, yet in my household right now, I have zero guns. All right. It has nothing to do because I'm anti-gun. Yeah, I love you, but I, I, I definitely would have assumed that would be the opposite. I would assume yeah. you at least have a, at least one or two. Well, partly, and, and I'll admit this too, is also a health reason. You know, after I, I, for those of you who may not know, I was actually honorably discharged from the Navy for medical reasons. I tore up my shoulder and yeah. I ended up going through about three different surgeries that kind of really tore that up. It's still pretty messed up. Uh, and so even firing a gun now, uh, I'm shooting a basketball anymore. Right. I, I can't really do any of that stuff. I had to kind of teach myself how to throw left-handed just so I could try to teach my son how to throw a baseball, which is very important to me. So I definitely did it. But, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's other instances that kind of play into that. Um, actually when my grandfather died, one of the things that uh, I was given was his pistol from when he was in the Navy. 
Um, so, you know, that was, that was pretty cool and pretty special to me. Uh, but it's not something that I, I even, I even kept, I just didn't want it around Jonah, you know, too, uh, there's just too many instances of, of, of accidental misfires or, you know, kids not knowing what they're doing. Uh, even as educated as some people are, I mean, Dick Cheney has been around guns for what, how long? And he shot a dude in the face. So, you know, All right. it, it can, <laughs> it All can right. go anyway. Sorry. I'll bring it back. I'm coming back. I'm no, coming no, back. There's a point. There's a point. Hey, you're good. Let's bring it back. I've got I've got two points to really make on it. Um, so one, I think it's it's education, uh, right? You have to educate yourself. I can tell you that I have probably more uh, read more Republican books than I have Democratic books. You you need to read what's on both sides of the aisle. You need to make we're, sure we're you understand south. what it is that you believe. We're from the. I south. mean, we are. I mean, we are. Right? My 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 grandfather and I have it framed because I don't ever want to forget where I came from, and I also never want to go back there. But I have a framed letter of thanks from George Wallace signed to my grandfather for working on his campaign. Now that to me is uh, a radical. It, it's way too far. It's something that I would never want to be a part of. But it's it's important to realize and understand where it is you came from. Like I, it, it is. It's it's the same argument that you can make you know, with a Confederate flag. The Confederate flag doesn't need to be flying. It needs to be in a museum or surrounded by context. But that's a different discussion. I made this point. uh, I think it was in the masculinity episode. I don't know. But the whole idea of like, I mean, it's not so much what you've done in the past. That is important, obviously. Like, we don't want you to just be a terrible person forever. But if you have a thought and then someone presents you with a different thought and then you take that in and you're like, okay, wow, that is a great point. I actually believe in what you're saying and I adopt this point and now I'm going to believe something different. That should be accepted. That should be okay. We, we're living in a world where we're very divisive and people that believe different things are alienated and divided and persecuted to be honest and to your point you can respect what happened in the past you can appreciate it for its historical value but you can also take that and you can also move forward and and live with a better mindset based on what you know now you know to to that point the same same mindset you should adopt in business right if you don't have a diverse staff diversity in in the boardroom how are you really making sure that you're getting the best ideal that you can out there it's the same way that you goes into politics because guess what you know i may be running as uh, as a democrat i may be running as a republican whatever if i if i'm lucky enough to be elected i'm still representing everybody i'm still representing you know if you're if you're red if you're blue if you're green if you're yellow it doesn't matter i'm representing you and you deserve to be represented you deserve a voice that can actually speak and hear you and who's not going to just say, hey, it's my way or the highway, get out of the way. Because guess what? You probably got elected from a plurality instead of majority anyway. That's my second point that I wanted to bring it back to a little bit uh, from from (laughs) boom roasted. There you go. From from, from your question though, like, you know, how, so what can we really do? You know, I think it goes back to how we vote. I think it goes back to, you know, are, are we looking at this as a majority or a plurality type of type of vote? You know, if you want to try to avoid the, partisan politics that really have kind of taken over every four years that just everyone's so tired of. And if you aren't, I'd like to meet you and shake your hand because I don't believe you. Um, I I just, everyone's so tired of it. But if you go to something like a ranked choice vote, and what I mean by that is say that you have three people that are running for whatever office, whatever, anything, and you rank them. 
okay? First, second, third. Guess what? Your first choice may not win, all right? But if your first choice doesn't have the majority of the rule, whatever goes on to your next choice until there actually is a majority. So that way you actually have a majority rule. There's not just, you know, somebody who got 34% of the vote in that scenario. It's someone who's still going to get 51%. It just may have had to go, you know, so uh, basically, you know, whoever came in third, their, their votes kind of get tasked out and whoever had that, uh, those people in first, it kind of moves on to their second vote. And then you see how the percentages line up. Whoever ends up getting over that 50% mark, guess what? They're the majority rule. More people will actually get who they voted for and have better representation than just going one or the other. There isn't always a one or the other vote. You're never going to be able to align with somebody from a value or a, you know, a, a policy perspective than you can if you sit there and actually try to rank them. You may be able to identify with somebody a little bit more and they, they get a higher rank. But that would also help eliminate the Electoral College. When I look at the election, I'm trying to look at it under that yeah. umbrella lens, yada, yada. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a Democrat who doesn't know anything, I'm going to vote for Biden. Thing. And if I'm a Republican that doesn't know anything about anything and I love my guns, I'm going to vote for Trump. You know, there's a lot more that goes into how does my vote affect my life? As an individual citizen, I guess the thing that I'm teeing up is this. There's multiple branches of the government, right? So there's the Mm -hmm. legislative. So they write the laws. There is the executive and they enforce the laws. And then there's the judicial, which interprets the law. So those three go a lot of different ways. Uh, We look at the Supreme Court and I feel like that is kind of one of those, to your point, that people look at and they're like, uh, I don't really know what that means, but it's important. So kind of like it's important, but I don't know. And the presidential election, the, the executive branch gets like this, all this, all of the attention. Trump has been allowed, not allowed, but he's been, he's chosen uh, to maybe what was it two or three three supreme court justices so trump has appointed three supreme court justices which is a massive deal because they will the supreme court will interpret what the laws are so not only will the laws get made but they will determine how they are applied which is a massive deal any thought well, and if they're constitutional yeah very true right? because yeah. just next next week it's coming up that the supreme court's going to hear a case about obamacare so and if that is actually constitutional or not the supreme court is the backstop to pretty there much any, any law so yeah. the legislature will vote on laws and then at some point they'll go into effect after the president signs off on them and only when someone challenges them will the judiciary get involved and the Supreme Court may or may not hear uh, whether a law or whether a statute or whatnot will uh, get challenged and whether it will uphold constitutional challenge. That's a, that's a massive, massive thing. So even when we vote on the legislative, on the executive branch, the judiciary is kind of a backstop on 
what will happen. We're, we're, we're voting for that too. People, people, I, I feel like the general population don't understand that that is a massive, massive deal. Your president will determine who those people are. So that's, that is, that is wild, right? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's a third of the justices came from the Trump presidency and more than likely with the way that this is going to end, I could very easily see election results going all the way up to the Supreme Court to decide who the next president of the United States is going to be. I do think that there's litigation being prepared currently. I do think there's going to be lawsuits filed this week. You know, we, we did this tonight kind of, I think, a little, uh, a little naive, thinking that, you know, hey, we can just talk, have some good time, watch the results come in, uh, and maybe say, hey, you know, this person looks like they're going to be the next president of the United States. Pretty cool. Um, all right, see you guys next week. Guess what? We're not going to be able to do that. I mean, it's probably not going to be decided uh, you know, maybe even by the time this pod gets released, you know, Thursday or so, whenever, whenever we're able to get it up, I don't, I don't tomorrow. know if it will tomorrow. Like, tomorrow. All right. I don't know. If we'll have a president by then, or at least president elect. But the other thing I'd like to, to kind of point out and, and make sure that we reference with that, uh, you know, and this is where I will differ from probably a lot of other people on the democratic side here is I do not agree with I don't agree with you know four or five years ago when Republicans uh, stopped Obama from being able to appoint a justice because it was within the last year of his presidency and you know we should let the people elect it well okay whatever I don't agree with that you know I agree honestly with with what Trump said uh, earlier this year that you know I'm elected for four years not for three and a half if a Supreme Court vacancy becomes open it's it's my duty it's my job to fill it uh, so he he filled it right I mean that was a uh, Amy Coney Barrett, you know, deal this just a couple of weeks ago, you know, got finalized. So I, I think that it's incredibly important and incredibly something that we do understand. You know, you are electing somebody that's going to serve for four or four years, at least, possibly eight, depending upon where they are, if they've done it again, whatever, but possibly for the next eight years. Now, I mean this in no morbid way. A lot of these Supreme Court justices are pretty old. All right. So there's probably a good chance that they're going to have the opportunity to appoint somebody. And when they do, that's really going to determine how that laws are, you know, enforced, understood, and, and really carried out. And uh, that, that can go a long way to really how we are able to conduct our day-to-day lives. You know, one of the things that everybody's so tired of with elections and with politics can, can you know, be tracked back to uh, the, the campaign finance reform and spending in, in, in some of these elections and, and how all that goes. You know, and that, that can be brought right back to some Supreme Court decisions. The Supreme Court allows that to happen. You know, they're the ones that allowed businesses to be viewed as individuals and be able to donate whatever the hell they wanted to and really allow people to, to, to kind of get outvoted and outlobbied, you know, in, in, in presidential elections. And that's, that's, that's a whole nother thing I could go down and, and would love to at some point, you know, talking into the lobbying community, talking into Citizens United, talking into, you know, some of the Supreme Court decisions that have led to that kind of thing. But it's honestly, it's ridiculous. And it's something that I think the majority of people aren't educated enough on uh, to understand that that is on the ballot. You know, you may see, you know, Joseph Biden and, and Donald Trump, but Really, there's a lot of stuff behind that. Is there that, really, is, really is, is a lot of stuff behind name? that. That's the, that's the first names of those people? Joseph Biden? I'm joking. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard the first names before. Are you being eight years old again? Yeah, explain it to me like I'm five. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you didn't know their first names, then maybe don't vote. Sorry. Vote. I don't care. Vote. No, I will still tell you to vote. I do oh. not care. I will backtrack on that. You should vote no matter what. 
it's such a broad topic, but we're on election night. So I guess my, my closing question would be, do you think our political party system, do you think our political system in general is geared towards progress? Is it efficient? Do, is, this, is this it? Is this what we need as a country to succeed? Because I feel like the majority of the country looks at this like a joke, which is sad. And I feel like a lot of Americans, we started off with this, but they feel like their vote doesn't mean anything. I feel like they they log into Twitter, they log into Facebook, and they believe that what they see is going to happen, and it doesn't, or it doesn't go out the way they should, and they're lost, and they're just confused and frustrated. So I'll back up. It, do you feel like the system that we have currently in, the, in 2020, technology concerns with socioeconomic concerns, politics, economics, everything involved, do you feel like our system that we have right now, is it geared to be efficient, to be productive? Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. For, for the future. So have you, ever, have you ever seen the movie Man of the Year, Robin Williams? I'm gonna yeah, be it's been a while, right? I've seen it, but it was a while ago. It's fine. It's, it's two quick quotes from it that are just kind of more funny than anything else. Uh, I have not seen it. I had honestly kind of forgotten. It's on a prime video right now. So one, of the, one of the quotes that he says in there uh, towards the end, I think, is, is politicians are a lot like diapers. They should be changed frequently and for the same reason. Uh, so I do think, you know, that's part of an answer to your question uh, overall, right? You know, so I, I do think that there's definitely things in, in our government that should be questioned, that really should be changed. There, there are a lot of things that aren't great. There are a lot of things that we really do need to focus on and, and really try to investigate, develop, and make more efficient. Our democracy is not efficient. It's just, it's not, right? And, uh, you know, one of the other quotes from that movie that, that I got last night was, you know, if, if it was really unpatriotic to question one's government, we'd still be British. So, you know, I, I also think that it's, it's healthy for there to be challenges. It's healthy. That is fantastic because right? that is at the core of why we are who we are and where we are. We questioned it. That, that's we it. rebelled. I mean, and guess what? It's still not that great. Apparently. There's still a lot of things that we can improve upon. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of things that do need to change. There's a lot of things that we can try to address. But, you know, we're never going to get that wave without that ripple, right? You know, what's the, what's the best way to eat the elephant? One bite at a time. So that's, that's all we can really do at this time. And it does start with your vote. It does start with getting out there. It starts with participating. It starts with educating yourself. It starts with understanding really what's on the ballot, what's behind a name. You know, we talked about a lot of them, and I don't think there's any of them that are more important than another. You know, I've thrown through a, a few different proposals out there that I thought maybe could make a, make a difference. And guess what? You know, I plan on acting on those someday. And I'd really appreciate it, you know, whenever that time does come, get behind me, man. Uh, and if you don't, let me know, because I do have a little bit more humility than a lot of those people that do and are filled with pride. I do understand that it's, it's red, blue, green, yellow, purple, indigo, violet. I, it doesn't matter what party you affiliate, what color you are, what sex you are, what sexuality you are. You deserve to be represented, and I'd hope to represent you one day.
wow. I don't know about you, but I'd vote for him. Regardless of your opinion, go get involved. Go exercise your right and go vote. Thank you so much for tuning in. As a reminder, you can interact with us on Twitter at Talkin underscore B underscore S. And you can, of course, find us on all major podcasting platforms, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. This has been another episode of Talkin' BS.